What's up? It's Brittany. Before we get back into the story, I wanted to explain how this podcast is going to work. The first half of each episode is going to be me sharing my journey here in LA from self-hate to self-love, what I was experiencing, what I was going through, all of that. The second half is going to be reflecting and bringing things back to current times, what self-love looks like presently, and some other fun things in between. So let's get back into the story. So 22-year-old me touched down in LA on January 5th, 2012, okay, and I didn't have that much money for hotel rooms, so I quickly had to secure a job and an apartment. (laughs) Luckily, I was able to quote-unquote transfer from the Hooters in Indianapolis to the Hooters in uh, Burbank, and Through research um, and talking to other people who had moved out to California, Los Angeles, I found that North Hollywood was the area I wanted to try to find an apartment in, my roommate and I. North Hollywood was a great little artsy area. I mean, it still is. Great little artsy area. A lot of acting classes, acting studios, dance studios. Just was a place uh, where a lot of transplants also lived and was exciting close to you know bus lines close to the action and you know I was just gung-ho and I was like North Hollywood Uh, but the apartment that we chose wasn't in one of the best parts of North Hollywood I have definitely a story or two um just about the area you know just prostitution was rampant um a lot of the billboards were in Spanish um, what else? I also got grabbed by the ass by a young man on his bike. Um, so yeah, you know what? Just, just not the best area, but the apartment though, the apartment was amazing because it was two bedrooms, two big bedrooms. Let me add three full bathrooms and it came with a fridge. Most places don't come with fridges out here. I did not know that. I did not budget to buy a fridge. So once my roommate and I saw this particular apartment, we saw that it had a fridge. It was big. We was like, we'll take it. Signed it, got approved. Yes, oh my gosh, did I just get an apartment here in Los Angeles? I did, I have an apartment, I got a job. What's up? Okay, so, secured what I was supposed to secure. Now, the real plan needed to begin, and that plan was Plan Andrea. So, Plan Andrea. Plan Andrea, I just, when I just think about this time, I'm just so tickled, you know, but Plan Andrea basically entailed me not being Brittany. My middle name is Andrea. My full name is Brittany Andrea Martin, and I did not want to be Brittany anymore. I would go by my middle name, Andrea, and be free of Brittany. Because Brittany made some really bad decisions and got herself into some really bad predicaments. Brittany terminated some pregnancies, and I just can't with her. Brittany got herself kicked out of school. Let me. Brittany is trash, you know, she just throws herself at these guys and they just end up taking advantage of her and she just still wants them. She just cannot get it right. But Andrea, Andrea's gonna clean all of this up. 
Andrea is going to make what Brittany wanted to happen, happen. And Andrea is just this and that and just everything that Brittany is not. And Andrea's got it. And Andrea, you know, I was just imagine where I was going with Andrea, you know, is all this, that over there she can do, blah, 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 whatever. But honestly, what I did not realize in that moment is like, Andrea is Brittany and I could totally do all of that, but I guess I had to be somebody else. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's what Plan Andrea was. And Plan Andrea was deployed. And that's how I introduced myself in some spaces. I went by Andrea at Hooters. I went by Andrea at the church that I would later join. I was just really out here trying to not be Brittany. So at my core, I'm a writer. When I was little, I wrote short stories. I write poetry and I've always kept a journal. I may not always write in my journal consistently, but I have enough journal entries just throughout my time out here in LA, and I'm going to share them with you when they deal with what we're talking about on any episode. The first diary entry that I wrote out in LA stated for August 11th, 2012 at 8.42 p.m. Being out here in LA gets so, I have so many O's, (laughs) so lonely. Now is one of those times. Making friends is capital N-O-T, not easy. And it's even harder when you want to make the right friends. I'm not up for just hanging out with anyone, and I realize I'll never have the friends from home out here. Not having a car kind of makes it difficult, but the only place I really go with people is church. And it's kind of already clicked up, but not in a bad way. People have just already established friendships. I'm afraid I'm relying too much on this guy I'm kind of talking to as the only person I really want to hang out with. So for now, I'll work on my friendship slash relationship with God. Ask him to guide me to some great friends out here. God, please guide me to some great friends out here. I miss my family so much. I know things will get better here soon. I hope. Brit. So at this point from the diary entry, I'm eight months into my move and I'm really just trying to find my footing out in Los Angeles. I was working at Hooters, but it wasn't quite cutting it. I was struggling financially. I mean, making $20 stretch on groceries. I would be like, okay, so I got $20. I'm gonna get this little box of French toast and some eggs. And that's gonna be breakfast for this how many days. And I'm gonna get this bag of frozen food. And that's gonna be dinner for how many days. Lunch, you know, I'll just try to get it discounted at work. You know, I was really budgeting and on a weird type of little hustle. And I was also looking for other job opportunities as well as job opportunities that would get me into the entertainment industry. You know, the reason why I had moved out to LA. And like I mentioned in the diary entry, I spent a lot of time at church. I came from a Christian background and For me, it was very important to, one, find a church home in Los Angeles as soon as I touched down because my goal in being out there was to show Jesus, to show God that I was worthy. Yeah, I had had sex and had terminated pregnancies. Yes, you know, I was doing what I thought was not good in the eyes of the Lord. Um, And so I just really wanted to show God, you know, I said, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to uh, abstain from sex, at least until I have a boyfriend. I was just really serious about showing 
God and working on my relationship. So with church, I joined church. And my thinking also was, you know, being out in LA, we go different ways. I could be somebody's groupie. I could end up cracked out on the boulevard. So I just chose the Christian route. (laughs) I ended up joining a women's ministry and I was able to meet a few women there that I really connected with. And then from that ministry, I decided to join the church and also join one of the ministries called Power and Purity, where we mentored young girls on, of course, you know, abstaining, um, but as well as confidence and self-esteem, you know, just leadership skills. We even did fun creative workshops with them. We, random tangent, but one of the workshops we did was music making with Andrew Day. And this was 10 years ago. And now I just look at today and Andrew Day is who she is. And that's just really one of the things that I, I've loved about Los Angeles is seeing people who have a dream and then seeing that dream come to fruition. But that's neither here nor there. I was in power and purity, of course, wanting to share, you know, to help other young girls to not get in the predicaments that I had gotten into. But I hadn't really shared my story So all that to say, I loved this new church community that I had become involved in. I loved the people that I was meeting and I loved just that sense that I was, you know, on the right path, you know, making friends and all of that. But it wasn't feeling right. And I realized it was because they were calling me Andrea. To be honest, I felt like a fraud. I felt like a liar. I felt like I wasn't really giving these people who I truly was because I hadn't shared my story with my power and purity sisters. They were calling me Andrea. So the connections, though genuine, still felt false to me. So it made me start to look at this plan Andrea. I was being called Andrea at work. That wasn't making me feel any better. I was still quote unquote, lying to my family because I hadn't even told them, you know, the things that I had gone through or why I had actually truly left. So Plan Andrea came up to me as like actually a plan of suppression. I was still running away, even though I thought I was kind of doing the right thing. Plan Andrea just had me that much more depressed. I had even gone on a couple dates as Andrea and I have a crazy dating story to tell you guys. So I met this guy while working at Hooters in Burbank and he was very attractive and I decided to take him up on his offer to hang out, go on some dates. Like I said, I was showing Jesus that I was about it. So I had this rule that I'm not having sex and to enforce that you're not coming up to my apartment. And this guy knew this. So this was either like the second or third time we hung out and he took me back to his place. And I told him, reminded him that, you know, sex is not something that's happening. So yeah, we can go back to your place. Get back to his place. It's filthy, just so filthy. I just don't even want to be there anymore. He tries to summon me to the bedroom to quote unquote show me something, but I knew exactly what he was doing. So I get to the bedroom. It's just equally as filthy. So I'm just equal, just so ready to go. 
and he's starting to like make some moves on me. And I said, I said, I'm not having sex with you. And he proceeds to say, well, you must be gay. You must be gay. And I was like, what are you talking about? I told you I'm not having sex. And he was like, see, nah, man, I thought I had you figured out. Young girl, I was going to scoop you. Yeah, you told me you wasn't having sex, but I figured I'd get you anyway. And then I figured after we had sex, you would probably start wanting a relationship. So I was over here trying to figure out how I would tell you not. I don't want to be in a relationship. I said, take me home. I said, take me home right now and just had the most awkward car ride back to my place. But I was just so thankful that I did not sleep with that guy. And in that moment, I was just like, confirmation. Thank you, God. Keep it tight. Keep it wrapped up because this, no. I was just so elated that... (laughs) That boundary that I had set worked and I didn't even know what boundaries were back then. So the first year and a half in Los Angeles was a struggle. It was a struggle financially. It was a struggle emotionally. I was still very depressed and just overwhelmed. But even in the midst of all of that, I was able to lay a bit of foundation. I entered into a relationship with a wonderful guy who introduced me to potential friends and a new community. I did end up finding two new jobs that sustained me a bit better than the Hooters job, but it still wasn't quite cutting it. I, like I said, was just overwhelmed and trying to decide the next best steps for my life. Should I try to go back and finish school? Should I, where can I cut out financially? You know, what job should I be doing? Should I actually be going after this dream? You know, I just had a lot going on in my head on top of hurting. And just in speaking with family members, trying to figure out what would be the best option for me, my father offered me the chance to spend the summer in Sacramento with him. Now, upon first thought, I didn't want to go to Sacramento because to me, Sacramento was the Indianapolis of California. I didn't want to go back to Indianapolis at all. And also, I just didn't feel like going away for three months would benefit the new relationship I had entered into. But upon further thought, I decided to take my dad up on his offer. There was a nanny position, well, two, that I could take advantage of. And at the end of the summer, have some money in my pocket and decide which route would be best for me. So I ended up going to Sacramento for the summer of 2013. When you look back at your life, you realize that there are pivotal moments or situations that put you on a different course or trajectory or that started you on a certain course or trajectory. And my summer in Sacramento with my dad turned out to be the catalyst that turned Brittany into what Brittany is today. I'll continue the rest of the story on next week's episode. Let's bring it back to 2022 for some reflection. What's missing here is self-acceptance. I could not accept myself. I could not accept the things I had done. I didn't even want to acknowledge them. I thought not acknowledging them kind of erased things and would allow me to move on, but it clearly did not. It made things weigh on me that much more because it was a lie I was just covering up. But now in 2022, Brittany understands that self-acceptance is necessary at every stage and step of life to get you through and to the next phase. 
they say change is the only thing constant in life. But I'm also going to add self-acceptance because as things change, we change and switch up a bit. We can come out of things a different person. Whether that effect on you is good or bad, the self-awareness, the self-acceptance is what is going to help us keep moving along in a positive way. Someone who's helped me tremendously on my healing and self-love journey is Ayanla Van Zandt. I know people have their opinions on her show, Fix My Life, but at a truly, truly deeply depressing time in my life, watching that show really gave me tools and advice that helped me along in my journey. So on an episode, she brought it to my attention that sometimes we avoid accepting ourselves or owning up to or acknowledging a bad behavior or habit or decision is because we feel like we have to immediately do something about it. And sometimes we don't know what to do about it, but sometimes it's okay to just acknowledge. But that can scare people too. What are the consequences of me telling my family I terminated my pregnancy? What are the consequences of sharing my truth and the things that I had done? Judgment? Was I afraid my family was going to disown me? Would people look down on me forever and constantly hold that over my head? I was going to look down on me and constantly hold it over my head. But what I didn't realize was that self-acceptance would have freed me. But I hadn't learned that lesson yet. I did know, however, that I didn't want to lie and hide anymore. I didn't want the weight of carrying this sadness. I wanted to yell and scream what I had done to the rooftops, maybe if even for some comfort. But I did not. I love this quote from Robert Holden on self-acceptance. Self-acceptance starts with the awareness that you are whole, innately good, lovable just as you are, endowed with God-given talents and qualities to share with the world. It's an invitation to stop trying to change yourself into who you wish you were. I wished I was this phenom, Andrea, that I had made up in my head. I didn't even give Brittany the chance. And one of the things that makes me sad about looking back at this time is that I did not realize that everything that I wanted Andrea to be was everything that I, as Brittany, already was. Like, I don't even understand why that did not connect in my head. Like, we really are our biggest enemies. Like, we really be out here lying to ourselves about ourselves. (laughs) And I just am so sad that I didn't give myself the chance. But, you know, it's a journey and I'm here now. And I wouldn't be here to recount the tale through podcast. But I was one of the people that wanted to figure out how to end this pain rather than continue to bury it. But I had no clue how. The advice I would give to Brittany in this time is to be compassionate to herself. I was being so hard on myself to live up to Christian expectations and to be what I thought the world wanted me to be. Even the expectations that I had given myself, you know, like, no, no sex. And you know what I mean? Just being like, girl, chill out. And that's even advice for now, today, as I'm accepting being at a new stage in my life being this new Brittany, going through this pandemic, healing from pregnancy loss and just riding more into my 30s, I've had to accept myself at some pretty low points in my life. But that acceptance allowed me to keep it moving in a positive direction, even if I did allow myself to wallow in my pain a bit. So this is where I'll wrap it up, friends, because next week is going to get juicier. All I'll say is the summer with my dad kicked off my deep dive into the exploration of African spirituality and healing. And ooh, what a journey. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of How to Love Yourself in LA. 
Catch me next week for an all new episode on Wednesday. And while you're at it, go ahead and share and subscribe. Follow the podcast at How to Love Yourself in LA on Instagram and connect with me on Instagram too at Brittany Andrea Martin. I'll catch you next week.